Hey everybody, it's Allie and welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, October 16th. I am totally into Devon right now. I mean, like I'm way into him. I'm way, way into him. I'm way, way more into him than I have pretty much ever been. I honestly can't remember a time when I have felt so compelled toward Devon. The actor is doing an amazing job. The storyline is totally compelling. And I'm just, I'm getting, it's it's like a, a wonderful surprise because I'm getting into him for pretty much the first time ever. It's like he's someone who's always been on the scene, but he's never fully been explored. And now he's learned this huge secret that he is Tucker's son and he's got all of these emotions and they're just playing so well. And I, he's bitter. I mean, I'm I'm feeling his position completely. He has no reason to want to trust Tucker or Catherine, for that matter. And so he's clinging to the only family that he's ever known, to his steady family. And he's completely pushing away anyone having to do with his, you know, with his biological family. He wants to stay with the people who he knows he can trust. And I'm really enjoying the journey. I just, so that I don't forget to say, um, I really also am enjoying his friendship with Abby. I don't know if it's going to turn into anything romantic. I don't, like, I'm not sure I would have a problem with it. Like, they seem, Abby and Devon seem like they would be such a mismatched couple, but there's almost something, I, I think I could get down with it. I wish it was Roxy. I, I've always liked the actress who plays Roxy. I think she's an interesting character. I wish they would bring her on and develop around her, but I think that Abby could be really interesting too. And I like that she's there for Devon during all of this. She's sticking up for him. She's giving him someone to talk to, a shoulder to cry on or lean on or, 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 or whatever Devon needs. She seems to be there for him. And I, I thought her reaction to learning about uh, Devon's paternity was probably the best reaction in Genoa City because <laughs> Devon first revealed that Tucker... Or, or, I'm sorry, Devon first revealed that Catherine was his grandmother and didn't tell her who exactly the father was. So Abby's looking at him, kind of putting together the pieces, and she just says to him, please tell me your father is Brock. <laughs> like, please, please, don't let it be Tucker. And, of course, it was. And and it's just been a really interesting journey. Tucker decided to hold this press conference because the press is swarming all around. They, uh, thanks to Phyllis, which, by the way, I can't believe Malcolm would even consider forgiving Phyllis for publishing the article that she did in Restless Style. But thanks to Phyllis, now all of the press from all of the national inquirers are swarming around this issue. They're picking at Devon. You know, I mean, like, uh, the Newmans and uh, the Abbots and uh, the McCalls and the Chancellors, they're all used to this type of attention from the media, but Devon is not. So in an effort to kind of... Uh, uh, do a preemptive strike, Tucker decides to call this press conference and answer all these questions by the media. And they're asking him a lot of tough questions. It seems like they want to talk about a lot of other issues. I, they're, they're really, honestly, the press is asking all of the questions that I want to know. 
They're asking all of the right questions. Tucker doesn't really want to talk about anything except for the fact that he didn't know that he had this son. If he did, he would have tried to, you know, he would have tried to bond with him uh, way before now. But he doesn't want to field any questions about uh, Catherine, which I think is is very interesting because (sighs) I'm finding and I'm really truly sinking my teeth into the fact that all of Tucker's hatred for Catherine is suddenly being cast into a completely new light. Because the situation with Catherine uh, you know, not being a mother to Tucker for all of his life is the exact same situation <laughs> as what he, Devon is in now. So why is it that Tucker expected, you know, for, for Catherine to do something differently than what he himself did? So I, I just, you would think that this entire situation would cast things into a new light um, for Tucker, that he would start to see his mother in a different way and maybe have a little bit of empathy for her. Uh, you know, cause, because it, it truly is a situation where it's the pot calling the kettle black. And it's time for Tucker to wake up and reach out to Catherine and get done with this whole feud. But we know that is so, so, so not going to be what happens. The feud is only thickening. It's only deepening. We're just barely getting into it at this point. Uh, but I, I, I still, I still can't help but feel a kind of bad for Tucker. Do you guys have any sympathy for Tucker in this situation, or is it just me? Because I do have a soft spot for Tucker anyway, and now I'm seeing him try to reach out to Devon, okay? Regardless of his relationship with Catherine, he's trying to reach out to Devon. He realizes that he has missed out on this huge opportunity, and in fact, he even admitted that yeah, you know what? Maybe he didn't try as hard as he could have to try to find Devon. And so Tucker's going through his own emotions with this issue. He's on his own journey. And I just can't help but feel bad for him, though, because I see him trying. When I see someone trying, that endears me to him. And Tucker is trying to forge this relationship with Devon, now that he knows the truth, but Devon is not having any of it. Give it some time. I'm sure it will start to pan out. But uh, for now, it's just, it's, it's it's a losing battle for Tucker. And this is a man who is not used to losing. Now, we also have this new element that has been introduced into the situation. And the name of that element is Yolanda, a.k.a. Harmony. So first of all, I want to talk just briefly about why why sh- why Yolanda changed her name. I I see it as a sort of rebirth of the character. The Yolanda that we have always associated in our minds has been a crack fiend. She's the horrible mother who left Devon and 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 in foster care, and he has a million terrible stories about her. And uh, you know, new Drew, Drew and Neil ended up being the savior, the exact opposite from from Yolanda. So now she's decided to change her life 
uh, and she's changed her name. Uh, and uh, Harmony seems to be kind of a, a, a really fitting name for her because she's kind of like, first of all, I, I, I want to say that I love her. I really, really am enjoying her. She's got kind of this funky, hippie vibe, just like, or like she's hip. She's kind of like a hipster. She's got this cool vibe going on, but in like a really real sort of way. I like that Yolanda is real. She just represents something totally like street that I can appreciate. You know, she's not one of these rich, um, um, you know, people who were born with silver spoons in their mouths. This is a woman who's had to fight for everything that she's had. She's been through the ringer. She's been through the deepest of the dark, and now she's coming out on the other side. She's renamed herself Harmony, and I'm I'm really excited about getting to know her, and I wasn't expecting to, in a way. I knew that I was going to like the actress, but I feel immediately connected with Yolanda. I'm so curious to know if you guys are feeling that way, too, or, you know, are you guys able to forget what she did to Devon and give her a new chance? Because I just totally am. I feel like it's a rebirth of the character, and I'm really excited uh, to get to know her, and I'm also surprised that I feel that I I understand her position, and I wasn't expecting to. This week, Yolanda came into contact with both Devon and Tucker, and she started explaining herself, explaining why she did some of the things that she did. And to Devon, she said, you know, I was not in any position to raise you, and furthermore, I did not want to force a son onto Tucker, which I completely understand. Plus, I have to say, you guys tell me if you've picked up on this or not, but I have a feeling that back in the day when she was hooking up with Tucker, I think she was in love with him. I think she found herself really loving Tucker. Yet he was this total ass. I mean, you know he was. It don't it doesn't take the very much to make that leap that Tucker was a complete jerk back in the day. And I think that she was in love with him. And the like before Tucker and Yolanda even came face to face, there was this moment after Tucker's press conference where she kind of comes into the Geno City Athletic Club, sees him for the first time, and she starts to sort of prepare herself for meeting him again for the first time. She takes off her glasses and sort of fixes herself just a little bit. And re- just as he's walking by, she says, Tucker. And he, j- and he just says, no, no more questions. He doesn't recognize her at all. He just thinks she's another press member. So he just says, no more questions. And he just blows right on past her. And in that moment where they crossed paths, there was just this look on her face that to me said, this is a woman who cared about this man a little bit. It was it was before they had their face-to-face meeting, which got very heated, and, and just a, a, a short little moment that I felt was significant and that tells me that there could be so much more to the story developing because we haven't even begun to explore the fact that this could seriously put a rift between Tucker's relationship with Ashley, which I don't like because I love Ashley, but I almost can see Tucker and Harmony getting together. I mean, they're just, I, I mean, they're Ashley and Harmony so different, so different, but still, 
I can kind of see it. So I, there's there's certainly a many, many layers. It's like an onion. We can peel back the many, many layers of this uh, story. But I thought that Harmony's confrontation with Tucker was equally as revealing. It, we learned that it was sort of a miscommunication <laughs> between them that ended up causing Devon to head down this path that sent Yolanda down this particular path. So Yolanda had gotten pregnant with Tucker's child, and as soon as she learned of it, she decided to confide first in Tucker's roadie, just this guy that was kind of in Tucker's circle, and according to to Tucker, the roadie never told Tucker that, that Yolanda was pregnant, and the roadie just instead decided to give Yolanda a wad of cash and tell her to go get an abortion, which Yolanda was not going to do. I think I think my interpretation of this was that Yolanda is very vulnerable. She's kind of in love with this guy. Oops, now she's pregnant with his child, and she wants somebody to confide in. So she goes to this person who's close to Tucker in his life. And this roadie guy, from my interpretation, has decided that he doesn't want Tucker to get sidetracked with a kid right now. Tucker's a businessman. He's an up-and-coming music career guy. So he decides not to tell Tucker, just take the whole situation into his own hands, throws a bunch of cash in Yolanda's face, tells her to get lost. And this further solidifies in Yolanda's mind that A, he's a jerk, and I think that Yolanda is probably somebody who had some trouble with self-esteem throughout her lifetime, and I, and, you know, when this situation happened with Tucker, that probably just confirmed it. It probably made her feel like she didn't have self-worth, you know, but she tried her best to raise Devon. Obviously, she didn't go get the abortion. She tried to raise Devon and just wasn't able to cut it on her own. And it unfortunately became a very tragic story for Devon and, and his life. But um, I feel like I kind of understand where she's coming from now, where I never did before. Before, she was just this one-dimensional crackhead who did this horrible thing to Devon, but now, suddenly, she has a past, and she has a story, and I'm very interested to find out what more the story has to tell, and I think it's going to be incredibly interesting to see how she interacts with everyone in Genoa City, because there's also uh, the Winters family, who she's had some prior contact with uh, when she was kind of a scumbag. I I, I barely remember Yolanda being in town before, but I believe, like, I, 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 there was an implication when Yolanda came face to face with Neil this week that she had stolen from him, which I didn't remember at all. Apparently Yolanda had, uh, I don't know, I guess taken some money from Neil. When she was in town before, of course, Neil had an open heart. He wanted to help her. I think she was even staying with him or something. Whatever. He was definitely helping her out. And she turned around and stole from him. And furthermore, I don't remember the stealing, but I feel like I thought that maybe Yolanda made a pass at him. Maybe that, maybe, you know what, maybe that was Tyra. But I kind of thought, I feel like there was some sort of pathetic pass made at Neil in there. But either way, she also ended up calling uh, CPS or something on Tyra, which got Anna placed into foster care for a while. So Yolanda's made some really, really bad decisions. I'm still curious to see how she's going to redeem herself. This is a story of redemption, which is a story that I can get behind. And I'm excited to see her, um, I'm excited to see her 
struggle. I, I think uh, there was a, a short little scene also this week that showed Yolanda having a phone call with her sponsor, which I assume is like a, like a Narcotics Anonymous kind of sponsor. And uh, she wasn't able to make it to a meeting, but she wanted to call this sponsor to talk it out. Because when you are an addict, anything can be a trigger. I mean, but yet you know what your specific triggers are. So as Yolanda's going through all of this, she's also struggling with being a former addict. And I'm also particularly interested to to see how that affects this character. I'm curious to have to have a focus in on that addiction and what her struggle was and how she's going to continue. I, I like I I feel that that's real and there's just an element of truth there that I am responding to and that is I think in essence who Yolanda is. She is this grain of reality, this grain of truth that's being injected into this world where people are so privileged. And I I just, I can't help myself. I, I, I think that, I have a feeling that Anna is going to be cast very soon in the future. And it's it's really going to be a blossoming. I'm hoping that it's going to be a re-blossoming of the Winters family. Finally, what we've been asking for for so, so long. And and Yolanda is, I think, the usher. She's ushering in the new era of of the Winters family. And uh, I, I... I just, I can't tell you guys how happy I am. I'm happy with the actress, I'm happy with the storyline, and I'm really, really excited to see where we're going. I was disappointed in Tucker for uh, trying to pay Yolanda to leave town. She has left her life and left her job to come try to be with her son now. And I don't think it's about money for her. I think we, we we are establishing that it is not about money for her. So she comes and she's trying now to make a little bit of cash. She's sleeping in her car. You know, she's, she's outside of her element. She's really putting herself into the danger zone. She's putting herself out there to be with her son. And she happens into Glowworm, asks for an application if they were hiring as a waitress and she has experience. And Tucker comes along, sees that that's what she's doing and decides that he's going to try to pay her to leave. And Yolanda, thank goodness, turned him down. Which I think says a lot about her character because Tucker, I'm sure, offered her a really, really good chunk of money to get the hell out, and she turned him down flat. So I was surprised and happy to see that, and I I think it's establishing that she is here for more than money. She is genuinely here for her son. So at the same time, though, that Tucker is trying to pay her to leave, Catherine is trying to get her to stay. Now, this possibly might be the most exciting thing of all. Catherine has out of the hospital now and she's back walking around Genoa City in her outfits and her hair <laughs> with her hair spray hair I love the woman I can't help it uh and she really needs all the friends that she can get at this point nobody is happy with Catherine she's on the outs with everybody I mean she's on the outs with me still I must still make her work to get me back on her side Don't get me wrong, I've not completely forgiven her because she's been a total uh, witch for the last several weeks with to do with... No, 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 correction, back up. Several months 
she's been a total witch. When it, you know, all the way back to, I'm tell, the second that Tucker got hit and got unconscious is when the deterioration of Catherine started to happen. But now she's had her stroke, she's back walking around, and I think she's starting to realize uh, that she just doesn't have any friends left. Neil resigned from Chancellor Industries, which I don't just want to brush over because that is significant. I called it last week, by the way. I knew that Neil was not going to continue to work for Catherine after she did what she did. And I was very, it was it was a shocking and big moment that Neil would quit because that's not the kind of man Neil is. He doesn't do anything lightly, which is why I like Neil. He's thoughtful. He is intentful, and he gave his resignation to Catherine while she's laying in the hospital bed, but you know what? He did it with class and with grace. There's just so many reasons why I like him, and in fact, he pretty much told her, you know what? We're not friends anymore, either. You cross the line with me, and that's all you get, and he decided to cut all ties with her, and I was very proud, very proud of him for that. I thought it, it was... Uh, very significant. So Catherine doesn't even have Neil anymore. She doesn't have uh, Tucker. She never has. She doesn't have Jill. Uh, <laughs> Jill's got pl plenty of her own issues to deal with. And Devon is resentful toward Catherine. Catherine tried very hard to reach out to Devon this week. She, she wants to get back in his good graces, but Devon is resentful. And he has every right to be resentful. Why shouldn't he be? She, Catherine, used Neil's trust to lure Devon into her world, and she was lying to Devon the entire time. You know, she made him feel special about his music talent. She gave him this huge opportunity to be the head of her company, and the entire time, no matter what. I mean, I'm sure she appreciates Devon. I'm sure she was happy to give him the chance, but you can't deny she was doing it as kind of a bone. And that's not the way that Devon wants to succeed. Why would anybody want to succeed that way? So Devon is resentful toward her. Everybody in her life is resentful toward her. She doesn't hardly have anyone anymore. And the kicker is she has no one to blame but herself. I hate to say it. I don't relish it. I don't feel good about it. But Catherine made her own bed. There's just no two ways about it. So now she's looking for a friend. And the new element that has come into her picture is Harmony. So Harmony is sleeping in her car as Catherine is walking by, which, by the way, was a beautiful contrast. Catherine walking by, getting ready to go into the Genoa City Athletic Club in her full, beautiful outfit, full makeup, fully done up. Harmony clearly has just spent the night sleeping in her car. There's a wad of blankets in the back seat. She's kind of trying to get, get herself together, looking in the rearview mirror. Beautiful contrast between how totally different these two women are. And Catherine tries to reach out to her, and, 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 and they kind of discover that they acknowledge that they know who the other one is. And Harmony's in a position, too, where she needs help. She needs someone to reach out to her. So these two women very, very unexpectedly start to come together. Catherine 
takes Harmony back to the Chancellor Mansion. You can bet she's going to be living there from now on. It's out of the car and into the mansion, and I'm loving it. I think it's going to be a really, really fun friendship between these two. Uh, I think they're going to be working on the same side, which is the side that is against Tucker, and I'm really, really excited about it. I want to see lots of, like, interesting little scenes. Like, I want to see Catherine take Yolanda shopping, or Harmony shopping. I'm going to have to get used to that. I just, I, I think that it's going to be a real gas. I mean, seriously, could there be two more opposite people than Harmony and Catherine Chancellor? This week, Sophia gave birth to a beautiful little baby boy who she named Moses after her father. I love it! I love the name Moses. I just think it's so cute. They're probably going to call him Mo. Oh, I'm so looking for it. In like five years, Mo will have aged <laughs> to be like 18 and they'll bring him onto the scene. But I think that I really like it. I'm, I'm into it. So five years from now, flash forward, you can see us talking about Mo. Uh, but I, I really, really enjoyed the birth scene with Sophia. I, I cried. To be honest with you, I it was it was just one nice little wonderful moment that was the calm before the storm <laughs> that was the inevitable. Besides, when was the last baby that was born? Who was the last baby that was born in Genoa City? That's there that's a question. If you guys can remember that that we saw on screen, when was the last birth that we saw? Um was it Lily? She's the only other one I can think of who has young children. But leave me a comment. Let me know, you guys, if you can uh, refresh my memory. A little bit of trivia there. Who was the last baby born in Genoa City? I really enjoyed it. I thought I thought it was very sweet. I thought um, the actress looked really beautiful. They had majorly brought down the makeup level for her to try to make it look natural, and she just looked gorgeous. And it was a really, really sweet scene. And I and I I I honestly do think that Sophia wanted Malcolm to be the father. I, it would be easier for her if Malcolm were the father. It wouldn't cause complications in the family. Malcolm would have stepped it up. He would have been the husband and the father, and things could have gone back to the way that they were before. I honestly believe that that's what Sophia wanted. I think her attraction to Neil is something that is so deep-seated at this point that it probably would have come up again. You know it would have come up again. But I think for the, the time being, I think Sophia really wanted Malcolm to be the father. And Malcolm was so good with the baby! He was so cute and so attentive with the baby, and he just, he looked like he would be such a good father. It's just too bad that that is not what happened. <laughs> That's not what happened at all. We got the paternity results this week, and it is, as we all knew, that Neil, Neil is the father. Neil is Mo's father, and uh it like broke my heart. Malcolm's holding this little baby in his arms and uh he just is being so sweet and so poignant and they reveal the paternity test uh, results and Malcolm just has to slowly hand over the child to Neil. And it was hard. I I mean I know you guys don't feel as affectionate toward Malcolm as I was starting to, but it still felt rough. I hate to see anybody hurting, and that's that's what I felt. I guess it's justice 
You know, and so I'm sure from your perspective, it's just justice because it's the same situation that happened with Lily and Drew and Neil. So, I mean, in a way, maybe Malcolm is getting something of what he deserved, only, you know, now <sighs> Neil's going to have a chance to be with his newborn you know, I mean, it's, I am, am kind of glad, it sort of sunk in with me this week that Neil really does not have any biological children in Genoa City that, that we know of, and so now Neil has finally had his first child, and, you know, another thing is I'm happy that this feels like a new era for the Winters also, in that now Neil gets to experience being a father again, and I love seeing him with the baby, too. He's so sweet, his little faces and little sounds that he makes, so I I think that that will be a real pleasure to 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 see and to watch too. Um, we knew it all along. We knew it the whole time that Neil was going to end up being the father, and now it's out. The truth is out. Oh, the only question left is how many seconds <laughs> will pass before Malcolm high tails it out of town. You know, I just kind of quickly want to mention that Jack made a mistake. Jack might have made a real mistake in trusting Tucker. Because Jack helped Tucker gain back control of Jabot on the condition that Tucker would turn around and sell it to him. And now, during Tucker's press conference... Tucker kind of alluded to the fact that, well, maybe I'll just sell Jabot. You know, feel free to contact me. Uh, I'll be accepting bids for Jabot. Well, wait a minute. That's completely in contrast to what you told to Jack. Big freaking surprise. Big freaking surprise. So now, Jack is scrambling around, you know, he's around Genoa City. I'm actually surprised that he hasn't had some big confrontation with Tucker yet. We know that's coming next week. <laughs> but Jack is realizing that he may have just got completely screwed over by Tucker, which I think, I hate to say it, Jack, but you should have known. You should have had something else in writing, something else to back it up, because you simply can't do business with a snake and then turn around and be surprised when the snake bites you. Now, I'm going to tell you right now what's going to happen with this. You want to know? I'll predict this storyline for you. I guess it's not that hard. It's probably not that hard to, to see. But uh, what's going to happen here <laughs> is that now Tucker has announced that he's kind of open to what's, you know, he's, you know, he's going to sell Jabal. The question is to who? And while Jack wants it really, really bad, you know who, who really also wants it really, really bad? Ashley. Ashley has already expressed an interest in Jabot with Tucker, you know, a couple weeks ago. She's enthusiastic about it. It's her father's company, too. And I think on the one hand, Jack is thinking, well, Tucker might try to screw me over, but Ashley would be real pissed off at him if he did that. I'm her brother. She's not going to let him just screw me over. But what's going to happen <laughs> is that Ashley is going to sweep in and... Steal it right out from under Jack. Watch, it's coming. Is it me? Or does it seem like 
the entire Billy situation is getting dragged out way, 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 way too long. It just seems to me like we've been seeing this limbo with Billy for weeks and weeks with no progress, and it's just, it was uh, an entire another week of hit and miss with Billy and Victoria. Like, she misses him, he misses her, but oh, they don't know, they don't know that they're both thinking of each other at the same time. It's just more of that, uh, Victor is there rubbing salt in the wound, the divorce papers that... Victoria almost signed last week. Victor saw them, grabbed them, and took them to to Billy to rub them in his face. And it's and Billy didn't believe it, but you know, I'm just I'm almost I almost can't talk about it because it's just like exhausting. If there if there needs to be like Billy and Victoria have been hit and miss honestly for months now. It's not just since he got back from Asia. It's been it was months before. It was ever since Lucy got taken away from them. And even a little bit before, things were hit and miss with Billy and Victoria. And I'm just ready to either see them come back together or get on with it. Just one way or the other, whatever it is. At this point in time, I just feel like I'm, I'm, I need some resolution. Now, what we did get some movement on this week was Delia. Good news, Delia is cancer-free. You know what this means, folks, is that we are one step closer to Chloe being freed up from this mess so that she can go uh, sex wolf it up. (laughs) And that needs to be our number one concern. Really glad Delia doesn't have cancer anymore, but number one concern is uh, making sure we have additional sex scenes with Chloe and Ronan soon. (laughs) And... We are also making progress uh, on her bone marrow transplant, that whole thing. So that's coming to a head. So hopefully Billy won't have to be in hiding for too much longer. Uh, Victor has arranged the switcheroo magoo thing between Kevin and Billy. Basically, Billy's going in for the bone marrow transplant and Kevin's just lying in a hospital bed making it look like that's what he's doing, which is very, very sad and awkward awkward for Kevin because Delia comes in thinking that Kevin's her hero to just about to give her this transplant. She draws in this picture of him wearing a superhero outfit and Kevin just feels like crap. As soon as he gets out of the hospital, it's just going to be another Kevin, Chloe, Ronan triangle that's just not going to work. And I'm so hoping that Kevin will just gracefully step back. He doesn't have to tell the truth about the bone marrow thing as far as I'm concerned, because I think that's just going to make him look bad. And we all know that Kevin was a a, a, a very conscientious, conscientious objector in this whole thing. He was forced into it. Um, but now they're going through with this bone marrow transplant. And again, it, just for me, it's it's just one step closer to getting it over with, and that's all that I care about. I mean, honestly, like, part of me is thinking, like, am I supposed to be developing sympathy for Billy here? Is that what this is all leading up to? Because, honestly, the all of this, this entire thing with Billy, since he's gotten back with from Asia, all it has accomplished is making me hate Victor. That's all that it has done. I mean, Victor is playing warden with Billy. It's disgusting. 
disgusting. It's just disgusting. The lengths that he's going to to keep Billy and Victoria apart. It's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. It is it is simply unbelievable. And the entire time I'm watching, I'm just like, I mean, Victor is devoting all of his time to keeping Billy and Victoria apart. And all I can think is, doesn't this man have anything better to do? Genevieve is back. She's back on the scene, back from her trip, and I, I'm having trouble placing her. She is a slippery, slippery little character. I don't know quite what to do with her because Kane is clearly trying to bring Colin down. He has found the evidence that Genevieve had in the safe uh, that that's, um, shows that Colin's been laundering money through his mob organization, and <sighs> Genevieve... I just don't know whose side she's on because she seems to be working against Kane or working for Colin because Kane straight up was asking her questions this week that she lied about. I mean, Kane's asking her, did you know about the information that's in the safe? And Genevieve just diverted the question. She didn't lie to him overtly, but she clearly is not trying to help Kane put Colin behind bars, which is what we all thought she was trying to do. Wasn't that the original plan? Wasn't that why she decided to bring Kane into the scenario and have the and have him pretend to be dead so that they could bide their time and send Colin to prison? Well, why exactly is that not what she wants now? Makes me question if that's ever what she wanted, which seriously does throw her character into question for me. Now, Genevieve, I just I'm starting to wonder if Colin were gone, what what would Genevieve do? Who, who would she have to torture? I mean, what, seriously, she spent some time this week having a cake made and sent to Colin. The cake is in the shape of a safe. Just these sick little jokes that they're playing with each other. If Colin went to jail, who would Genevieve be able to play these sick jokes on? Now, the all of the evidence that uh, Ronan has against Colin is uh, in his possession, but the, the police can't crack the code. They can't quite figure out uh, how Colin has configured his books. He's written everything in code, and the only people who know the code are Colin and Genevieve. And uh, Colin is, is definitely planning to have Genevieve knocked off. He wants to have Genevieve taken out. And for that matter, let's. what's up with Gloria? What's the situation with Gloria? Because Gloria's been hanging around in the background, kind of poking Ronan, saying, you know, you need to get Colin. You need to, he's, he's a slippery character, and you need to send him to jail. And so now Colin obviously sees Gloria as a threat, too. So it's, it's, it's very... It's coming to a head. We're going to see what's going to happen. I think that um, Colin has already expressed interest in going back to Australia. I think that Colin is going to end up skipping town before any charges can be brought against him. But it's going to leave Kane, both Kane and Genevieve in a really bad situation. And I, I just want to say... I don't have a whole lot more time here today, but I do want to say that I'm starting to question Genevieve's relationship with Jack. 
I, I'm uh, just the fact that Gen- the fact that Genevieve lied to Kane this week tells me that she is playing games. She doesn't want Colin behind bars, and if she doesn't want Colin behind bars, then that tells me she's still in love with him, she still wants to be with him, and that puts Jack into a dangerous situation. I'm starting to feel sorry for him, because even Colin said to Jack this week, uh, well, Jack actually tried to defend Genevieve this week when Colin was getting a little rough with her, and Colin just looked at Jack and said, you know, I used to think like you. I used to want to protect her, too. Now I know that I was a fool, and now you're the fool. And there was a ring of truth in that. Now, I like Genevieve, but I think that she's just a few notches too crazy for Jack. I mean, Jack is a character that I've known. I've known Jack since I've for 15 years I've known Jack (laughs) and I just feel like Jack needs someone who's going to be a little bit more secure and there's just something about Genevieve although I like her that is a little it's just a little bit too crazy and it concerns me uh because Jack loves a damsel in distress and that's exactly the role that she's playing with him right now and it definitely makes me concerned for Jack's safety and Jack's future as well Big surprise. Kane is lying again. It's it's just it's I feel like I'm becoming a broken record. It's all that I ever have to say about Kane is that he's lying again. This week Lily straight up asked him if he was hiding something from her. And he denied it. He's going around town trying to get Colin busted and Lily's starting to catch on to it and yet he still can't tell her the truth. They made all of this progress in their relationship the past couple weeks. Kane's been getting close. He's been spending more time with the kids. And now in one false swoop, Kane refuses to tell the truth about what's going on with Colin that he's trying to have him busted. And Lily pulls back, not only in their intimate relationship, but she tells him she doesn't want him to see the kids anymore. Now, what's up with that? I ask you. And more importantly, I ask you, Kane, what is the harm? in telling Lily the truth. You keep saying that it's all to protect her and that you're doing it to keep her and the baby safe, but what harm is there in telling her that you're trying to have Colin busted? Lily deserves to be in the loop where her children are concerned. I mean, why would you not want her to be on alert when Colin is, has already said to Kane that he knows that that's what he's doing, Colin's already aware that Kane's trying to bring him down, so Colin is going to become desperate. Why would you not tell Lily the truth at this point? It's just, it. I'm so tired of Kane's lies. It's really, really getting hard to, you know, it's like I'm weighing Kane's hot ass against Kane's lies, and I can't help it. The lies are just starting to get heavier, and I, I'm just, I don't feel like I can overlook it anymore. I mean, uh, just that's it's all he does. It's all he does. He just lies. And he lies for no reason, for no good reason. <sighs> then again, it's no wonder that Kane is screwed up. Look at his parents. Briefly, there was a little scene this week, just all on its own, where Avery is having lunch with Ricky. And Ricky's trying to get away. Ricky wants to have a social life. And Avery's trying to plow through. She wants, she's all business. And she kind of gives him a hard time, wants him to keep working. But now, 
the second Nick walks into the room, Avery tells Ricky to kind of get lost, tells him to beat it. And now suddenly she has this opportunity where she wants to sit down and have a meal or have an interaction with Nick. This proves it, okay? That scene confirmed Avery obviously has an agenda. She wants to get close to Nick. Now, whether it has to do with Phyllis or just a genuine attraction to Nick, I think there's a little bit of leeway to debate that here. But I, I, I think that Avery is trying to get close to Nick to get under Phyllis's skin. And it's really, really becoming kind of obvious. And I, I like it. I like it. But at the same time, it's Sharon all over again. Phyllis walks in, Philip, or uh, excuse me, I'll back up. Nick and Avery start talking. Avery ends up spilling a glass of something on Nick, and she comes back to wipe him off, and they're having this cute little uh, moment. Phyllis walks in, sees it, turns around, walks away. And all I can think is it's Sharon all over again. Phyllis's heart just sinks as she realizes that this is what her sister's doing and that Nick is clearly falling for it. And it just, it, it's, it's hard. Like, it's, it literally just, it, it just feels like the same situation. Just replace Sharon with Avery. And on the one hand, I think it's interesting because I think Avery is interesting. But on the other hand, I'm like, can we please just have a, a new storyline? Okay, well, friends, mm, I think that's going to do it for me for this week. I hope that you guys are enjoying the podcast um, and that you uh, want to talk to me. <laughs> it's one thing to listen, but it's another to talk back. It means so much to me when I can hear your feedback. So why don't you guys just take a, a moment? this week and give me a call. Let me know what you're thinking about all of the new developments. I'm going to give you the telephone number right now. Really, you should just program it into your phone so that you can call me anytime you have a thought about YNR because I would love that. Uh, here's the telephone number. It's within the U.S. and it's area code 309-588-4569. One more time, it's 309 588 four five six nine or you can always send me an email at yrchat at live.com yrchat at live.com or you can go to my blog and leave me a comment there it is yrchatblog at blogspot.com and don't forget to go to iTunes and leave me a review if you haven't done that yet that is a really really good way to help me out because it it kind of it boosts the this podcast in, in in the search results so that more people can discover and more people can enjoy our chats and um and it keeps me going that keeps me motivated I love meeting and discovering new people so go to iTunes type in Allie's YR chat or just Young and the Restless. If you type in Young and the Restless, you'll find me. You'll see my face. Um, and leave me a review on iTunes. It really does make a difference, and I love reading them. So that's, I think, it. I think that's all the scoop. Um, I'm totally looking forward to finding out all of the new developments next week, and I hope you guys are too. So everybody, whew, enjoy watching the show. Leave me a comment, and we're going to chat again next week. All right? 
Okay, guys. I love you so much. Everybody be safe. Have a good week. All right. Bye.